Welcome to Gerard and Christine Live Life, a podcast dedicated to help motivate, inspire and encourage individuals from all walks of life to become a better version of themselves than what they were yesterday and to ultimately live a happy life. You can find us on all major social media networks like Facebook, Instagram and Strava. You can also search for Gerard and Christine Live Life on iTunes and Spotify. I hope you guys enjoy the next episode and always remember to live life. Good day everybody and welcome to the latest Gerard and Christine Live Life podcast episode. Firstly, I would just like to thank all of our partners for your continued support and for believing in us and the message that we are trying to put out there, trying to motivate and inspire individuals from all walks of life to just try and live a better life and find inspiration from everyday South Africans. Uh, this week's episode is with a very interesting character. I had the privilege to meet him last week in the Eastern Cape uh, when I spent some time in Port Elizabeth on a business trip. And yeah, uh, Ryan Zimdollar Most is the name that he goes by. He's been getting up to quite a little um, adventure over the last couple of years. And it was very interesting to hear what he got up to last year with his trip from Harare to Tanzania. So yeah, without any further ado, let's head on over to the episode. Okay, good afternoon guys. I'm sitting here with Ryan Moss. Um, it's actually been quite a journey um, how I find or found Ryan. Um, his brother, Russell Moss, uh, works with me and uh, Russell is relatively new at the company. And um, when Russell got to know me a lot better, he said, you know what, what you guys are doing with Gerard and Christine Live Live of the podcast. Um, my brother's story is right up your alley. Please, when you do get to be uh, connect with him and just hear out what his story is all about. So um, I'm going to go over to, to Ryan now. He's first going to give us a little bit of introduction of who he is and what he does for a living. And then we'll just get into more of the meaty stuff with regards to this amazing thing. Him and I think 15 other epic adventurers and a lot of support crew um, went and did in um, from Zimbabwe to, um, to Tanzania last year. So Ryan, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, hey, awesome. Thanks, Harold, for having me here with you. Um, yeah, I'm an outdoor adventure photographer. I uh, shoot a lot of uh, sport travel tourism. And uh, get, I guess that's part and parcel of me traveling a lot. Yeah. You know, um, so I've done a lot. Of, I think I've probably done about 10 countries in Africa so far. Yes. Yeah. Hoping, hoping to double that <laughs> by the end items. of next year. <laughs> Bucket lists. Um, but yeah, I think uh, my main forte is just photography and uh, the whole thing about photography is just making memories that matter. Yeah. You know, shooting film and photography, just making memories that matter. And, and you guys obviously grew up in Zimbabwe. How did you end up in PE? Is there a long story linked to that? <laughs> no, it's short and sweet. Um, we were, for junior school, at the border of Messina and Zimbabwe. So yeah. it's a bike bridge border. We were there for junior school, then high school, moved back to Zim. So my parents were there all the time. And then uh, after that, vastly, I decided to move to PE to come study graphic design, of all things. Okay. And uh, ended up winning awards in photography instead. So ended up changing my major to photography. Oh. And then basically been here ever since. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's the windy city. You've got to love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except today, it's the warm city. Yeah, no, it's hot. <laughs> so, Tell me a little bit more about this adventure you guys embarked on last year. Whose idea was it? When did the initial concept start? 
So the, the inaugural tour was uh, 2018. So the Old Legs tour is a tour where a bunch of older guys, and when I say older, I'm talking sort of masters people, yeah. anything from 30, 40, 50 above, um, they got together. The initial tour, there was only four cyclists and there was two support crew. Um, so obviously with everything that's happening in Zimbabwe at the moment, the pensioners lost all their pensions. Mm, so they, pension yeah, because yeah. of everything that happened, they lost money and they're living off less than a hundred US dollars a month. I mean, like a thousand rand a month, like yeah. how do you do that? So these four older buddies, and I mean, the one guy was 72, um, decided, you know, we need to do something for the pensioners in Zimbabwe and we need to raise funds somehow. Yeah. And I mean, before that tour, the one guy who started organizing the tour had never ever ridden a bicycle. I guess at school maybe, but like yeah, in the last 40 years maybe. <laughs> so he started planning and organizing the tour, which saw us leave Zimbabwe, um, the four cyclists and two support crew. Um, leaving Zimbabwe, going through Botswana to the top of South Africa, past the Kalahari down to Cape Town. Yeah. And I mean, it was a month long tour, um, ended up staying in the weirdest and most wonderful places on the side of the road at some backpackers, some B&Bs. Yeah, that's where the story is. You know, you know <laughs> next to the toll road, whatever. Um, but it, it, it was interesting, the start of that tour, because it kind of sparked interest from a lot of older people mm. not just you know a lot of young guys you, you see them always going out and traveling a lot yeah. and doing cool adventurous things but when you see a bunch of older master guys going out and saying you know we've lived our life but crap's happening and they're getting out and doing these kind of adventures mm. um, there's a lot of people who want to come on board and there's a lot of people saying like yes so yeah, they can do it i can do it yeah. you know, and you want to make a difference so I initially only went on as photography and film for the initial tour, but being the first tour, the inaugural tour, nothing ever goes to plan, <laughs> ever. So I ended up literally being ops manager, uh, route recce, uh, working in the kitchen, packing, film, <laughs> just basically everything, which I guess is a good thing because I learned a lot about traveling in Africa, mm. you know, it's not just, you know, I'm used to Zimbabwe, but yeah. traveling in other parts of the world, um, and logistics and planning and these things that you, you don't really pick up as a photographer or I guess anyone else, if you haven't done a tour like that, um, and you try to go into it head first, it's, it's yeah. like you clueless. Yeah. So you know, the, the tour went on and we, you know, we ended up in Cape Town, not a big reception from Cape Town in South Africa. But, you know, because we're from Zimbabwe, every town that we stopped in Zimbabwe, there was at least 20 or 30 riders who mm. came and rode with us, you know, and they're st stuck by you and they rode yeah. into the city and rode out the next morning when you're leaving. Yes. It was yeah. just a camaraderie from, from a country that's so depleted and so... And they also have had perspective of why guys actually... In the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so from a country that's like, people don't even want to live there anymore, but, you know, when, when they see someone doing this for their people, you know, it's like people come together mm. like Ubuntu. It's like, uh, you never think of it. But I've noticed that in the places that are worse off, for instance, like Zimbabwe, that's when communities come together Standing more. Yeah. yeah. So then, I mean, <clears throat> but near the end of the tour, I think they raised about 
I mean, this is the initial tourist. It must have raised about 40, 45,000 US dollars, okay. which is quite a lot of money at, yeah. at that point. Then we put our content out, our photo. Obviously, we're doing it every day, but they were the main videos that were put out. And I know they had like a dinner and they put out the main video and we ended up raising over $78,000 just from the content. So yeah. it just shows you how much content actually can drive change on a, on a social platform you're on a social yeah. platform so uh, people mustn't neglect that like mm -hmm. you know yeah you've got your story and you've got things to say and you try to push for people to give back and change mm -hmm. but you also need you know stuff from the tour you need the content you also need the visuals that people can see how hard it is and how they're riding and yeah. the heat and how you're living every day on the side of the road you know which is some days we're worse off than living in zim yes you know it's just those kind of things yeah yeah and then last year was the second year 2019 was the second year we left zimbabwe went up through mozambique when, when did the decision happen that you guys almost like decided to well maybe a second tour is is necessary? i think so the main guy eric eric de jong who organized the first tour i think literally maybe maybe a month before the end of the first tour people were already saying we need okay. a second one so that's like it was just already going to happen yeah that's and right. now there's a third one happening now in may yes end of may first of june is the next tour some same riders or are you guys i know there's there's days? obviously there's a lot of riders who can't come in again and mm. you know take away from work and stuff i think there's three core four core riders who are always there mm. but then there's a lot of others that swap in and out yeah yeah um so i mean last year we went zimbabwe to Zimbabwe through Mozambique to Malawi all the way to Tanzania and then to go climb Kilimanjaro at the end of the tour then yeah. did you guys actually climb Kilimanjaro? I did not oh yeah okay we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> that's we'll part a little bit later um but yeah I mean that's that should have obviously also been amazing but I think it was 2,900 kilometers that you guys cycled, cycled and you guys and still, still have four five climb. days of climbing it's, it's not a it's, it's not <laughs> it's not easy it's doable but it's not yeah. easy I can imagine yeah and tell me, obviously what we'll do is um, when we post on our pages, we'll share the link to the, the video. It's, it's quite funny. What I enjoyed was, um, it, it's not too long, it's about 22 minutes, but it gives you quite a nice idea of what the whole um, tour entailed. And I love the, almost like behind the scenes clips in between. Yeah. Um, I think no, that no. just brought a little bit of humor <laughs> to the whole. Definitely. I mean, you've got a bunch of, of guys, you know, coming together and cycling and you're literally living with everyone every day mm. for 30 days at a time in harsh conditions there has to be humor and obviously yeah, not gonna survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah otherwise you're not going to survive and there has to be humor and, and like guys make the humor mm. and they know when they see a camera you're there with a the camera they know there's something funny but i mean Zimbabweans grew up on farms and stuff and you didn't grow up with iphones and ipads and stuff so yeah. just the the, the character of them there it's just so much different yeah. it's just like they're so more out there and just humor and just you know carefully a lot of banter a lot of banter too much banter i, I laughed at i don't know who the guy was but somebody got an injection in uh, their bum which was quite funny I don't yeah know. that was eric it felt like forever I don't yeah, know. yeah i don't know if he was torturing him or you know he injured himself but he literally just doesn't do injections mm -hmm. so that was like kind of one of the worst things for him on that tour 
Yeah, and before we get to, to your story of why you, you didn't climb Kilimanjaro, just, just to take a step back, um, I mean, myself and Christina have interviewed quite a lot of people from uh, couch potatoes to completing an Ironman to guys that are just uh, phenomenal in achieving the most extraordinary things um, because of the circumstances that they were dealt with. What I loved about your story and the movement that you guys started was this was not for charity this was not for somebody sick and i'm not taking anything away from people that um, promotes and uh, supports any of those things this was almost like a unique drive it's it's for people out there obviously some buffy but with a unique um, predicament that they found themselves in which was out of their control these guys had obviously some nice pension funds that they were looking forward to and all of a sudden due to something that's out of their control they yeah. stuck with with literally nothing. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, is there's so many charities. There, I mean, you got all the big mm. United Nations and all of them all invested in Africa and lots of charities. But you know, after the whole land grabs and you know the president taking whatever they had to do, when pensioners, you know, were were lost, and we're talking about the older generation, a lot of them. There's two things that happened. A lot of them left the country. So you're talking about doctors and engineers and, and all the teachers and stuff like that left. The expertise and knowledge. Yeah, the expertise yeah. and knowledge left the country, which also kind of dilapidated the country more. But the second part is a lot of the older people, their kids and their grandkids and everyone, they all left mm. because it was easier for them to leave. They were much younger and they had the money from working and stuff. And a lot of them left the older grandparents behind mm. with nothing. And, and it's shocking to think about it, but there's, there's families that just got up and left and didn't care. But they're in an old age home and didn't even bother about it. Yeah. So, you know, sadly, and there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of old people there. And I can't even give you stats, but every week yeah. there's people dying just because malnutrition, can't get medical, can't get the things you need, it's too expensive. The inflation that's happened again now in Zimbabwe, it just doubles medication. It's, it's ridiculous. And tell me, I don't want to get down into the details, but um, I know with the with this last tour, you guys raised over $100,000. Um, and obviously it's awesome to hear that there's a third um, uh, um, adventure planned. And it would be awesome if this can become a yearly expedition and just grow and grow. And um, that uh, income or, or source of, of benefit then becomes a continuous um, basis um how how do they then get the money do you guys so so what happens is there, there's kind of two organizations that money gets given to it's the zimbabwe pensioners fund and there's another one and you know being in zimbabwe it's very difficult when it comes to bank transfers and money and getting cash and stuff so there's a few ways that it happens we've got a crowdfunding platform overseas yeah. that will pay out to the charities themselves then we've got some South African platforms where people donate there and the money gets sent to Zimbabwe. Um, then a lot of time when you see when you're on tour and before, people like to give cash. Mm. So everything's kind of documented both online and through books and stuff. And then it's, you know, it's very difficult because you're talking old age homes here, you're talking older people mm. not staying at old age homes. It's, it's not just old age homes, it's like everywhere. So. You know, we try to give to like trusts. Mm. It's like a Borodell trust and there's like a Strickland Lodge trust in a different town. 
So always, they always try to break it up and send money to where it's really needed. So for mm-hmm. instance, you know, everyone's okay, but they really need um, medication. Then I'll know to allocate okay. medication to that side rather than yeah, food. They almost become like the mini distributors to their areas, which knows the area. So they know these guys need food. That exactly. Guys need blankets. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever yeah, hundred percent yeah, like that. So yeah, it, it will become a yearly thing. I just don't know if it will always be a cycle thing. It might change. Okay. But for now, it still is a cycle thing. Um, yeah, but and I think what what made it so successful is that the maybe the first well, the first one was obviously successful if you look at the amount of money, but yeah. only four riders. Um, but the the sixteen that you guys brought in, um, this is their passion. So they loved what they do, and if they do something good in the process, it's it's just. I think so much easier while going on this epic adventure. Yeah. So I think that there's a clever part about this last year was they brought in four or five international riders. Um, That's for the one guy from Australia. So there's a guy, so they brought in international riders, although half of the international riders were ex-Zimbabweans anyway. Okay. So they are ex-Zimbabweans. But there were two or three that weren't. But how that worked is like there's a guy from Netherlands, there was from Germany, there is um, Carol Joy, she's in Germany as well. So they were able to go and help fundraise in their own communities overseas uh, by okay. their story. Yeah. Spread the network. Spreading the network, okay. you know, basically across the world. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I don't want to share too much um, because I obviously want you guys to, to watch the video clip uh, when we share it. But um, there was a couple of, I don't want to say funny because it's never funny when somebody falls or anything, but uh, there's a couple of bumps on the heads and um, like I said, syringes um, uh, up the the rear. <laughs> that that was quite funny, but but you you have a story. Um, you you did like half of it, and then something happened. Uh, yeah, man. They don't share a lot of info on the video clips. So maybe you can give us a little bit of inside scoop of what Yeah, they, they, no, there wasn't a lot of uh, written up about it, but so you know when you're consistently working on a tour like this and you're doing every day in and out. It's four o'clock in the morning. It's ten at night. Twelve at night. You know, your days get broken up like that. Um, you do get fatigued and you do get tired and stuff. So, I mean, I was about six, five days away from the nearest um, hospital in Arusha, which is Tanzania. So this is near the end of the tour. It's about five days away and I literally just, literally just jumped off the back of a trailer and I landed wrong. That's all it was. It wasn't like I was chasing a hippo or kicking a, a rabbit. It was See, you, you like cycle two and a half thousand kilometers plus minus and nothing happens, but you just jump off. Just jump off the back of the trailer and I landed wrong on my hill and I fractured the hill and I tore all the ligaments and the tendons in the hill. So then it was like four or five days in a vehicle, which we had to strap it and bandage it ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's obviously not correct. Yeah. Um, also traveling then to Arusha for four days then you get to Arusha in Tanzania and you go to the hospital and they can't do anything because it's too swollen so then they only put a half cast on but it's not done properly because we're in the middle of Africa so then that lasts maybe a day or two so then we're like no it's not going to work as we get to the base of Kilimanjaro the town um, we're just like no I'm I'm heading back so turn around five days back in the car, back to Arari yes. in Zimbabwe. And then only did we get proper medical treatment for mm-hmm. it and physio and MRI scans and everything else that had to happen for it. I see you're going to remember that trip for various reasons, but for... One of the reasons I remember it for is not 
not climbing Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go all the way to Kilimanjaro not to climb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a sign that you need to do uh, the next one. 100%. Although, so the next one this year, I know they're going via Botswana to the Skeleton Coast, to Namibia. Okay. So Also cycling. Also cycling. Okay. So from Arari through the Okavango, I think, and then towards Namibia. And will you be involved again from a videography point of view? Or? Initially, I wasn't going to be because I've got another massive project I've got planned. Okay. I don't think Russell's spilt any beans anywhere else about that. Okay, please keep us in the loop so that it does transpire. We would like yeah, to no, know it's too big. It's, yeah. it's massive, but that's another story. Um, but now that's hold that's hold off until December this year. So we've got another year to plan and manage that. So locally or Africa to see. Okay. So we've got another year basically to plan that. So that's hopefully to launch in December. So now it looks like I might actually just be going again on this third of legs tour. Okay. With, yeah. with uh, caution against jumping off trailers. With caution of jumping <laughs> off trailers. And and obviously the drive will be the same. Uh, um, the purpose will be the same. It will be for the pensioners. Basically, same thing for the pensioners in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Uh, and and is there, a, I don't know, a, like a admission or a entry drive that you guys do? Or is it literally word of mouth? This previous guy speaks to his buddies and say, get involved. I think the, the, the first two were basically word of mouth and just mm -hmm. help people, you know, people who can help and get involved. So the one guy from Netherlands or Germany got his companies to help sponsor and got you know he also helped to raise sponsorships okay so there's there's two aspects to it there's a there's sponsorships for the tour to happen and then there's donations okay. for the for the so the donations normally happen throughout the year it doesn't matter mm -hmm. but the the sponsorships is would come from companies and mm -hmm. people that we know to make the tour happen because okay. it's cost behind all, mm -hmm. all of that so normally you know it's just people that you knew that that could mm. um, help. Then uh, yeah, they obviously had to be interested in cycling right. x yeah. amount of kilometers. So then, <clears throat> after that, um, I know this year they've kind of put into place for new cyclists to say if you want to get involved, you have to raise a minimum of x okay. amount of dollars yeah. for the tour. Yeah. So I mean, because it's it's quite difficult when when you got a year to plan, but it's difficult you're not going to get the same sponsors as you mm. did in the first show because they've done their bit and then you know so it's, it's a lot of money i mean <laughs> it's a lot of money to make a tour like that happen fuel cost petrol food accommodation mm. clothing transport i mean that's crazy yeah so that's kind of the logic that took this year was that cool you can cycle you can uh, you can say i want to cycle but you've got to be able to help raise funds yeah. for the tour to happen and if, let's say, this podcast ends up um, on somebody's iPhone somewhere in Joburg, for argument's sake, and they're like, oh, yes, this sounds interesting, they want to get involved, can they reach out to you? They can send a, you know, they can reach out to me personally, or they can send a message on Facebook, or okay. Legs Bike Pride, or, oh. I mean, you'll just put the links there, I'll send yeah. it to you. Oh, yes. yeah, no, yeah. I think that's my, um, let's use the advantage of social media as far as possible and yeah. maybe it lands up in the right um, yeah i think like this year they've got a full peloton oh they're going to so stick to 16. yeah yeah they won't so go more it's just, it's just logistically it's just too much manage, yeah. to go more than that yeah. but you know straight after the tour it will be open to new guys i mean they might even say you know what if you guys want to start fundraising for next year as well yeah. you can do it now it doesn't matter we also if there's a waiting list yeah i mean yeah. that's the idea is you get a waiting list and then people yeah. it's something that people want to do but can't just do. 
you know what I like about this? There is a couple out there, and they obviously awesome in their own right, like the Unaguache Challenge, where they cycle from Cape Town to uh, Peter Maddock or Durban, and then they run comrades after that. So it's about ten days of cycling and yeah, comrades. Um, what I like about um, your initiative that's a little bit more unique is it's it's a different adventure every time, for the same purpose, but it's not necessarily that the same experience. So you might be able to do it two or three times in your lifetime, depending on how long this waiting list is, but you can always expect something different. A new adventure, which, yeah. which I think is, is I mean, unique. Yeah, I mean, they were already chirping the other day, next year's tour would head up to Angola somewhere. <laughs> so, I mean, you just if you're looking at a map, and the first tour was going down <laughs> south, and the second tour was going up to the northeast. Now, this one, this year's is going west. Yeah. So, where's the next one? It's northwest somewhere up to Angola. So, who knows? I mean, it can take you anywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about this one guy we did a podcast with, um, Richard Kohler. Um, he's a kayak enthusiast. He's planning a, a, a kayaking um, uh, adventure. He's going to kayak from Africa to, I think, South America. He will be the first person that does it solo. Um, so maybe there's in the future and a type of event where you guys kayak from one side of the world to the other side. Oh, in their case, it would be like Mozambique to Mauritius and back. <laughs> nothing, not, no, I don't think that's, you know, they'd rather sit on seats and cycle. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, Ryan, it, it's always great to hear stories like this. Um, we try and bring fresh content to our listeners as well. They also appreciate us uh, bringing different elements. It's not just people that lost weight or just people that goes on awesome adventures. It's people from all walks of life. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely share the video clip and I'll share some information on the, the post as well with regards to getting in contact with Ryan. If you guys want to get involved either by putting your name down on the waiting list or um, getting involved from a company perspective and, and sponsor something towards maybe there's family in Zimbabwe and this has a personal link to it for you. Um, but yeah, Steph, it's been amazing meeting you and hearing the story um, firsthand and um, I wish you all the best for the future and may all of these adventures just bring back um, the purpose what it has been made for. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. And uh, I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we've touched on a lot of lives in, in Zimbabwe with the pensioners and stuff. But at the end of the day, if, if, you, if we can make someone else do better mm. and see what we've done and say, well, they can do it and they can make a difference and they can do change, then it's double the win for us. Yeah, that's how we're going to change the country and the world. Eventually. Double the win. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers. Cheers.